Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The ground invasion is now on, pushing deeper into Gaza. Israeli forces making advance towards Gaza City. You might want to pull out your maps for this one, people. Because if I'm Israel, and I say this without having any inside information, Gaza doesn't look the same after Israel is done. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. The northern part of Gaza, this strip along the Mediterranean, Borders into Rafa. That northern part of Gaza, where Gaza City is, will be leveled, will be cleared. They might as well just salt the earth. But what I think they'll put in is condos. And you say to me, that's just disgusting. It's a war, and Hamas just lost its territory. In order to keep Israel safe, I think they're going to take the land. And then, knowing the Israelis a little bit, they'll then work for some kind of resolution that will get them the land back slowly over time. It's important to note that there is no occupation. It's important to note that there is no colonialism, that everything that you're hearing from the political left, from the media left, from the college-university left, is a lie. Everything you're hearing is part of the Marxist playbook. Israel is now the Nazis, but it's Hamas who wants the dead Jews. They don't even talk about that. You are watching a tremendous amount of wordplay happening. You're watching a tremendous amount of purposeful forgetfulness taking place. As uh, Gad Sad referred to it, amnesia of causality. This war is taking place because Hamas, a terrorist organization, attacked Israel and murdered 1,400 Israelis. We know that's num- that number is legit. The Gaza Health Ministry tells me that 8,000 Palestinians have been killed. Do I believe that? Nope. Not now, not ever. Is it possible? Certainly it's possible. Do I believe it? No. Why would I believe for a second what the Gaza Health Ministry says? The same people who said, oh, Israel hit a hospital with a rocket. We have the video. The rocket came from Gaza. It didn't even hit the hospital. It hit next door. 500 people were killed. No, no, they weren't. You want to take a look at all the crisis actors that that Hamas has? These people lie. Everything they say is a lie. And they have these uh, Marxist sympathizers and college universities and Rashida Tlaib and Andre Carson and Ilhan Omar all over the place who just gobble it up like it's a snack. 
This is Judith Butler. And I sent this to Sarah, who runs all our, our digital. We've got it over at, at Rumble. Uh, it might be at TonyCats.com, too, but we, we definitely have it over at Rumble. I'm like, do you know who this is? And she's like, oh, hell yeah, I do. And I'm like, all right, I do not know who this is in any way, shape, or form. But uh, check out this from the political left in what they think of Hamas and Hezbollah. Because it is kind of amazing, except completely, completely predictable. Um, uh, Similarly, I think, uh, yes, uh, uh, understanding uh, Hamas, Hezbollah as uh, social movements that are progressive, that are on on the left, that are part of a global left, is extremely important. That does not stop us from... Uh, being critical of certain dimensions of um, both movements, it doesn't um, it doesn't stop those of us who are interested in nonviolent politics from raising the question of um, uh, uh, of whether there are other options besides violence. Um, so again, uh, a, cr- a critical, important engagement. I mean, I certainly think it should be entered into the conversation on the left. I similarly think boycotts um, and divestment procedures are again. Um, uh, an essential component of any resistance movement. Yeah. Hamas is part of the progressive movement. And, um, you know, their tactics are a little questionable. The stories are out. The video is there. The photos are there. They cut a baby out of a pregnant woman and then cut that baby's head off. The body was still attached to the umbilical cord. You tell me, progressives, why are you okay with this? Why are you a bunch of Jew-hating bigots? Why? So once you know who the enemy is, once you know how you're going to be responded to, it doesn't matter, and it should not matter to Israel, what it is that gets said by these people. Israel should protect its nation. And I believe that's going to happen by taking northern Gaza. They have been making their moves. The bombings have continued. The armored units reached what is known as Salal al-Din Road, which is a main artery connecting North and South Gaza. Which means Israel controls and has this choke point. Cutting Gaza, if you will, in half, if not uh, equally in half. You have stories that food and medicine and aid are coming in. Oh, we have to provide aid to the Palestinians. You know that these people are suffering, right? I believe that to be true wholeheartedly. This is what happens when you allow a terrorist organization to be in charge. Well, so many of those people were kids when when Hamas was elected. I can share with you data that I have seen from sources that I trust that the support for Hamas is over 50%. And if there were election, they would win with 60% of the vote over, let's say, the Palestinian Authority, who is also a bunch of no goodniks, but neither here nor there. They would still support Hamas. The New York Times asks a question. This is, this is real. They want to know 
is it really their responsibility? The responsibility of Hamas to uh, feed these people, the, these Palestinians? Is it really, 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 really the responsibility of Hamas to provide for these people? That's a real question that got asked by the New York Times. Is it their responsibility? They're the government, right? They're the ones who got elected. But they don't care about that. They don't care about actually providing. They don't care about helping people survive. They're animals. I said the words, they're animals. Did I mention the part where they cut a baby out of a woman's stomach and then beheaded the baby and the body was still attached to the umbilical, umbilical cord? I, I could say animals. I meant it. It is what it is. When we talk about barbarism, this isn't just a catchphrase. It is a horror show. And it was a horror show uh, as the Israelis have now been burying their dead. It's going to get bad for the Palestinians. The people of Gaza, I should say. No question about it. But one of the reasons it gets so bad is because people like Judith Butler and people on the political left, which we're going to dig into, they want to desperately support Hamas. This is Representative Pramila Jayapal on NBC News. Congresswoman, as the New York Times points out today, Hamas is actually sitting on a lot of that fuel, food, and aid that you referenced. Their headquarters is underneath that hospital there. So ultimately, they are the ones who are depriving the civilians of Gaza of all of those necessary aid items that you referenced. If there were to be a ceasefire, what's the guarantee that Hamas would abide by it, Congresswoman? Well, look, Kristen, first of all, um, nobody has any love for Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization that has deprived the Palestinian people absolutely of uh, many, many things in the time of their rule. And let's not forget that the last election where Hamas was elected was 16 years ago. Half of Palestinians are children. They were not part of that. And Hamas is not Palestinians and Palestinians are not Hamas. We have to be very clear about that. But humanitarian agencies have been sending aid through approved partners and before October 7th it was about 500 trucks per day. Now, Kristen, since the beginning of this war we have seen less than 100 trucks delivered. Israel has stopped the fuel from coming in um, and being delivered by trusted partners and Kristen, I just think we have to recognize that this is a double standard. The United States rightly called out Russia 
or its siege of Ukraine rightly called out the attacks on the power infrastructure, the refusal to provide food and water and fuel to the Ukrainians. And we have to recognize that our credibility and our authority on the moral stage is, is greatly diminished if we do not also call out these, uh, this siege that Israel is launching on Gaza. So we're now comparing Israel to Russia. This is excellent, excellent work. Also, uh, can we note that we said that if you give the aid, it will be stolen by Hamas, and it's been stolen by Hamas. And there have now been uh, warehouses, UN warehouses, that have been broken into, and everything has been stolen. Well, of course it has. It's Hamas. It's a terrorist organization. They don't care. They don't care at all. They believe, and I have the stories, that women and children have to die in order to pursue the Palestinian cause. Who thinks like this? Animals think like this. Not human beings. They don't protect women and children. They have to die for the cause. Now, sometimes a mother knows that you got to put yourself in harm's way for your kid. But who says, no, women and children, front of the line, you have to die first. That's good for our cause. Barbarism. You have to get rid of Hamas in order to get this done. And if we had any, any respect for the people of Gaza, this is what the progressives would be calling for, the end of Hamas. But they don't. They call for the end of Israel. These Jew-hating bigots. So, Israel, recognizing this reality, having lived this reality, now has to take whatever parts of Gaza it can and then decide how and if they're going to give them back. How and if. We'll see how it plays out. The ground invasion continues. I'm Tony Katz. The Dow is up over 300. The NASDAQ up 87, maybe because even General Motors wasn't sure this was going to happen this morning. GM reaching a tentative deal with the United Auto Workers. It was Ford, then it was Stellantis. And to put more pressure on GM, they did a walkout of their Spring Hill, Tennessee plant. And now it might be done. All three of them having a deal. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. They're going to get a $5,000 ratification bonus every employee when this uh, gets signed. At least that's the Ford deal. I assume it'll be the Solantis and GM deal as well. Ford says they're going to do $8 billion worth of investments. But what's interesting is when this deal hit, Ford stock went down because they didn't let the, 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 the market didn't like the terms of the deal. Not at all. Four and a half year tentative agreement, 25% wage increases. The raise the raises and benefits, according to CNBC, 
will boost the top wage to more than $40 an hour, including an increase of 68% for starting wages to over $28 an hour. Now, I will say this. There is a reason, I think, maybe to start the 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 start to to create a starting pay that's higher you need people you need people and in a world that tells you why in the world are you working in a factory you could just make a tiktok video why in the world are you in any way shape or form doing Anything else, um, you need to be more attractive. My youngest, my youngest, bless their soul, comes to me. It wasn't even, wasn't even a comes to me. It was just a, out of the blue. It was this morning, getting ready for school and everything else. And, and just out of the blue has decided, and I mean, they still have a little bit of time. You know what I'm going to do with my life? Well, I don't. I don't know. What are you going to do with your life? Well, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, it was a conversation about real estate. I was like, "All right, get into real estate. Get it. Get into commercial real estate." Because man, those people seem to do okay. I think the residential is tougher stuff. The commercial, you got you got the right couple of clients. You're 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 pretty golden. I, that's still there, but maybe that's something to do as like a, like a side hustle. Like, oh, okay, it's a side hustle. So, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to trade school. I'm gonna become a plumber. Now, to my kid, I said, I think that sounds great because it's your kid, and you don't want to seem too enthusiastic or overly negative. You don't want to push them in one direction or, 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 or another. In my head. Yes, 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 yes. I'm out of my mind. I am the happiest human being who has ever lived. I love All right, maybe not that much. Plumber? Are you nuts? Do you know how in demand you're going to be? Oh, please be true. The only way you can make me happier, child, is if you said you were going to be an orthodontist. Because I have yet to meet a broke orthodontist, so help me God. It is ridiculous. Ridiculous. The orthodontists make money to think that you did all that work to be a dentist. I mean, dentists do well, but it's the orthodontists who just roll in it. But plumber? I could, I, 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 tears. Tears in the eyes, people. Because those gigs are hard to find. Meaning, they're gonna be hard to fill, I should say. Not hard to find, they're hard to fill. People don't wanna do the work. So I can understand that they want to increase the the the, the opening pay for these for these uh, uh, factory workers to try and be more competitive, be more attractive. Do I know if these deals are going to go down? I have absolutely no idea. 
No clue. But uh, I, I hope. I hope for their sake. But I have no faith in Sean Fain, the uh, head of the UAW at all. I think that guy comes off as a jerk who got picked last for a dodgeball in school. We'll follow it. This is Tony Katz today. campuses all across America, we've seen that anti-Semitism reigns supreme. It's not something that's happening here and there. It's everywhere. It's not something that's random. It has been fortified. It has been nurtured. It has progressed. It isn't the last college president or university president that has allowed this to, to build and grow. It has been university presidents It has been those in the campus environment, those professors that have been left unchecked everywhere to allow this to build and allow this to happen. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you guys. This is William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. And, and you follow these things. You cover these things over at, at Legal Insurrection. You have a series of, of organizations, the, whether it's the Legal Insurrection Foundation, things you've been doing regarding DEI, et cetera, sir. And we've talked many times uh, about the law, but, but your experiences as a professor uh, in a university like Cornell, and it's Cornell that sent out this statement yesterday. Cornell Hillel, it's a a place where Jews gather and pray and socialize, is aware of a threatening statement that was directed toward the building at 104 West, which houses the university's kosher and multicultural dining hall, as well as more generally toward Jewish students, faculty and staff. Cornell University administration has been made aware of this concerning language and the Cornell Police Department is monitoring the situation. At this time, we advise students and staff to avoid the building out of an abundance of caution. The Jewish students and other students, William Jacobson, were told not to go to a building. Next, it's going to be don't leave your dorm room. This is not the first instance of something happening on the Cornell campus. You had a professor saying that the Hamas attack thrilled them. You have uh, graffiti on the ground at Cornell saying blank Israel and free Palestine. From From the ground zero of Cornell, what's happening, sir? Yeah, well, you know, Cornell at a superficial level has very good Israel relations, very good Jewish student relations, but there's a very deep nasty vitriolic undercurrent on the campus. I don't know what the exact percentage of students it is, maybe 10%, maybe 15%, but they're the most vocal and the most active. And the same goes for the faculty. You've got probably 10%, maybe 15% of the faculty who are nonstop demonizing Israel. And so there's this undercurrent happening on campus that may not be visible to a lot of people who are not aware of it. And that's what you're seeing percolate up to the surface now that they feel emboldened with the Hamas attack on Israel and the fact that they may achieve their goal or they think they're going to achieve their goal, which is the destruction of Israel. And they're not shy about that. They want Israel gone. And that's what's happening on campus is that the 10 or 15 percent who are the most vocal have been emboldened. 
you, the the ten and fifteen percent. That's an anecdotal number. I, I yes, assume right. it's not a survey. Just my impression. Uh, but that ten or fifteen percent, if we're going to use that number, and let's let's uh, hedge towards the fifteen, and I think we're still <laughs> low there. Um, that fifteen percent is nationwide. What we're seeing on college campuses, whether it's Harvard, or University of Pennsylvania, whether it's Columbia, uh, we're seeing things down uh, in 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 southern states everywhere. There has been this unleashing of we should support Hamas, not the idea of we should support the people of Gaza, but an actual supporting of Hamas, an actual supporting of kill the Jews, We whether, whether you're talking about people ripping down the signs of the missing or putting up uh, their own postings and then losing uh, their, their jobs. How has this been able to build on college campuses for so long? Right. I mean, it's pretty shocking. At George Washington University, they projected onto the side of a building, building glory to our martyrs. I mean, this sounds like jihadist talk. This sounds like somebody you'd expect to hear from, you know, wrapped in black with an ISIS flag. That's what's on our campuses. That's how emboldened they are. Glory to our martyrs. So they completely identify with the butchers who tortured, raped and mutilated people in Israel. So how did it happen? It happened over time. It happened with an ongoing nonstop demonization of Israel through the so-called boycott, divestment and sanctions movement. Periodically, for a decade, there have been resolutions issued on college campuses to boycott Israel. Most of them fail, some of them pass, but that's not why they bring them. They bring them so the entire campus can spend two to three months talking about how evil Israel is. Uh, They don't do that for China. They don't do that for any other country that has massive rights. So that's how it happened. And the faculty, those vocal faculty, mostly in the humanities and social sciences, are extremely out there. They're leading this. They're engaged with it. It's their academic life is to be anti-Israel activists. So this has been percolating for a long time. Let's uh, let's get back to a little bit of something from Cornell, talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. Uh, these are some of the, um, the statements that were made uh, supposedly at uh, Cornell. Uh, if I see another Jew on campus, if I see a pig male Jew, I will stab you. And I don't think I could say the rest uh, on radio or even in, in video. Um, nowhere is safe. Your synagogues will become graveyards. Never mind what they'll do uh, to the women. The children will be beheaded and then glory to Allah. I read those things. And I say to myself, man, if you want to make a group of people look bad, that's exactly the kind of post you would put out. And then you see the amount of people protesting, saying those things in public, on camera, across uh, uh, America. Have the university started after now three and a half weeks uh, or four weeks uh, since this attack uh, in, in, in Israel that murdered 1,400 from the Hamas barbarians? Have they started realizing, hey, maybe we've got a problem here? I don't think they have. I don't think they have. And let me say about those posts, those were not on a Cornell forum. They are legitimate posts, meaning they actually happened at a place that's frequented by students on the Internet. And uh, we don't know who did it. And and you know me, we're always very evidence-based. I can't point the finger at a particular person. We know those were made. 
We just don't know who did it or for what purpose or how serious they are. So I, I think that's background. We can't say a Cornell student posted that or a Cornell professor posted that. We just don't know. Uh, but that being said, it is consistent with the sort of verbiage you hear on a lot of campuses. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. What does that mean? That means the destruction of Israel. What does the destruction of Israel mean? We know what it means because Hamas just showed us what it means. It means genocide. Uh, you know, intifada, intifada. What was the intifada? The intifada was a suicide bombing campaign by Palestinians that killed over a thousand Israelis uh, over a decade ago. I think it was almost 20 years ago. Uh, so this is these are calls for violence on campus that I've never seen for any other cause or any other cause that's so tolerated. We all believe in free speech. That's fine. But these are gross acts of intimidation. I mean, can you imagine how a university would react if students were marching, protesting in favor of lynching blacks? Okay, wouldn't be tolerated for a second. And you shouldn't be. People, you and it shouldn't be. But you have people marching and saying almost precisely the same thing with regard to Jews. And the university is, oh well, you know, it's just kids will be kids. It's. But I, I haven't heard them say that. What, what, I, what I have heard them say is make a very interesting argument about uh, free speech, talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. We're not discussing free speech. We aren't having a conversation about whether the students can support, uh, can say free Palestine or even chant genocide. We're saying, why is there no response? That's the question we're asking the universities. Why is there no strong response to, listen, we, you did this. Do you understand how disgusting this is and how absolutely immoral it is? And we should be questioning what, what kind of students you are. Why can't yeah, they I mean, say that? I mean, these universities, which would ruin your life if you did a so-called microaggression, okay? Or ruin your life if you misgendered somebody by accident or ruin your life if you said, well, men are men and women are women. Those same universities don't do much of anything for this. So it's a question of equal application. If you want a completely free speech campus, you can have it, but it can't be free speech just for the Israel haters and not free speech for everybody else. So let me uh, share share this with you right here. This was a, a headline over over the New York Post. The Apollo CEO Mark Rowan, this was Charles Gasparino reporting, hits back at UPenn leadership after anti-Semitism on uh, campus, and this goes to a lot of different CEOs and business professionals who have contributed. Millions of dollars to universities, whether it's John Hudson to the University of Pennsylvania or it was Leon Cooperman uh, to Columbia, uh, saying no more. We're not giving uh, to you anymore. Has this happened at Cornell where you, where you are a professor? And is this a trend that can take hold? I don't know if it's happened in Cornell. Certainly there's been no public announcements that I've seen, like you've seen at UPenn and a couple of other schools, Columbia. So I don't know, you know, I uh, am not in the loop of the multi-million dollar donor conversations with Cornell. Uh, so I don't know, Cornell, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting that no, no such movement has been created at Cornell that you've seen on other campuses. And will it take hold? I don't know, I'm not real optimistic about that. Universities are extremely adept 
at manipulating donors and uh, getting donors to continue to contribute. Maybe there'll be a lull for a year, but I don't think it's going to have any long-term impact because university knows universities know how to manipulate it. So if, if that's the case, and we've discussed this before, where the, the university will, will spin it and say, we're trying to do better. Come share with us how we can be better. And don't forget to give. The more you that's give, right. the more access that, that you get. That's what you're talking about with, with the manipulation. But, but has there been a, amongst a professor set, whether it's uh, Cornell, have you heard from others, how do you fix the Jew-hating problem on campus? Because, I mean, we can call it the anti-Semitism problem, but it is what it is. And and have have has there been any conversations growing of of that? Not that I know of, but you know, in fairness, I don't have a lot of communications with a lot of other professors because I am you know their sore thumb. I am the the you know conservative professor on campus, so I not like I huddle with a lot of professors. I know there are some who are concerned about it, but I'm not a- aware of conversations. And you know, I, to your point, you know, why is this Jew hatred rather than just Israel hatred? If this was any other group that liberated its ancestral homeland, if the, any other place that the indigenous people had taken back their land, other than Jews doing it in Israel, it would be celebrated. If indigenous Americans, Native Americans did it, you know, Cornell now has the land acknowledgement statement that has to be has to be read at the start of every event. If so what they celebrate that. Why don't they celebrate Jews reclaiming their land from the people who invaded it centuries later, in fact, millennia later, later? And why don't why isn't that celebrated? We know why it's not celebrated, because they're Jews doing it in a Muslim region. Now, this was uh, you, I, I believe you sent a letter to your university, I, I, I believe it is. Uh, you, you posted that letter over at your site, legalinsurrection.com, uh, and it, it had the, the headline right here, my call to action for the Cornell Board of Trustees. And you write, the toxic campus culture in which a professor to the cheers of students was exhilarated by the Hamas attack on Israel cannot be cured by the current administration, which has contributed to the failure through a DEI balkanization of the campus. The entire campus DEI program and agenda needs to be revisited, reworked, or removed. Now, if you ask me, sir, the answer is removed. We've proven it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of regretting giving them those choices. Yeah. I think it uh, needs to be removed. But in, in 60 seconds, does what we're seeing about the bigotry on campus have that much to do with DEI, which is more of a new phenomenon in terms of public publicly? Yes, it does, because it, it's new for people who aren't, and there's no reason they should be paying attention to campuses. But this is, again, a decade or more in the making. When you look back at the history of the boycott resolutions brought against Israel, it's always coalitions of student groups of color, so-called of color, versus white Israel. This has been a consistent theme for at least a decade, including at Cornell. When they bring forth the motion for boycotting Israel, they do it with 10 or 15 student groups of color. So the racialization of the campuses has been a key aspect of the demonization of Israel and of Jews on campuses. And we're going to continue that uh, conversation. William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, I appreciate you being here. I'm Tony Katz.
weekend, there were a series of shootings. And we're kind of a nerd to it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It was Halloween parties uh, where shootings took place. And one of them was in Ybor City. Y-B-O-R. It's right there outside of Tampa. Love Ybor City. But Ybor City has never, ever figured out a way to be all right. Ybor City was Cigar City, USA. Uh, J.C. Newman still has its factory in Ybor City. Um, the you know to to get the devil to get the crab over at Carmines or something like that to eat at the Columbia. These are great Ybor City traditions that when I lived in Tampa, I enjoyed. Two people died in a shooting, a 20-year-old and a 14-year-old. In Indianapolis, a young girl died at a shooting at a party. And immediately people go, see, see, the issue here is guns. Is that the issue? Because I don't think that's the issue. And I have people who want to yell at me on social media when I tell people to buy guns, buy ammo, and get trained. I'm talking about how one defends oneself. This is not about defense. This was a shooting near Centro Ebor, which is a, a hot spot. And one has to ask, if there if this was a place with a lot of bars, what was a 14-year-old doing there? This happened... At 2.45 in the morning. There are more cultural questions that need to be asked and answered. Not just, well, the answer is get rid of the guns. I'm going to protect my family from the madness that's outside the door. Thank you. Respectfully. Respectfully.